Parenting, it's the hardest job we'll ever do. Most of us are tired, stressed, and counting the minutes until bedtime. But what if raising kids could feel just a little lighter? I'm Dr. Hillary, a licensed psychologist and mama of three, and you're listening to the Raised Resilient Podcast, where each week we tackle tough parenting topics, and I help decode behavior and empower you with tools and strategies so that even the hardest moments make more sense. Because parenting is hard, no matter how you do it. But I can help you go from barely surviving to parenting in a way that feels good for you and your child. So warm up your coffee and grab your earbuds. It's time to raise resilient kids. Hey friends, welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. In today's episode, I'm answering a listener question. Our listener writes in wanting help navigating parental preference which is essentially just when your child prefers one parent over the other. This is so incredibly common and it's so normal, but it's really, really distressing when you're going through it. And it's distressing not only if you are the preferred parent and you're feeling like you can't get a break, you can't get anything done because your child only wants you, but it's also really distressing if you're the non-preferred parent and you're feeling maybe rejected, maybe insecure about your parenting, maybe frustrated because your child doesn't want to be with you. This can bring up so much for us as parents. And sometimes the way we respond to our kids in these moments can actually entrench the pattern of preference, right? Meaning that there are ways we can respond that will actually keep things going in the direction they're going for longer than maybe they needed to. The way that we need to respond to our kids in these moments, though, can be counterintuitive. So I thought it would be helpful to break it down for you how to respond in these moments. What does it mean when your child is rejecting you? What does it mean when your child doesn't prefer you or when your child does? And what doesn't it mean? So we're going to get into all of that. And we're going to start with a mindset shift as we typically do. But before we jump into that, I just want to say that if you are feeling frustrated, stressed out, maybe yelling at your kids and just generally bogged down by parenting, I have a free guide that is going to be a game changer for you. Here's the thing. The way that we see our kids and ourselves in hard parenting moments is everything. If you walk into a situation where your child is hitting or not listening or doing things that feel really frustrating and you see those things as bad behaviors or somehow your own failings as a parent or manipulative, you're going to have a hard time responding in a way that's helpful, right? But when you see that moment for what it is, which is a good kid having a hard time and a good parent trying to figure out how to respond, it's a game changer. It really shifts everything. So. This guide is called Six Mindset Shifts to Ditch the Overwhelm and Parent in a Way that Feels Good. And truly, if you commit these mindset shifts to memory and really try to focus on seeing your child and yourself through the lens of these mindset shifts, things will get lighter for you. And I know this because these are the mindset shifts that took me from a place of overwhelmed and stressed out to feeling like, you know what? I've got this, even though this is hard, right? And I want that for you too. So grab your copy today. It's totally free. Go to raiseresilient.com forward slash mindset. Okay, so let's start with the mindset shift that is required to really approach parental preference in a way that's helpful. So a lot of times when 
your child is not preferring you. Your child only wants their mom or your child only wants their dad and they don't want you. It can feel like the reason for this is that your relationship with your child is somehow lacking and it can bring up all the insecurities, right? It can bring up these unhelpful narratives, things like, I'm not good enough. If I were a better parent, this wouldn't be happening. My child likes my partner more than me. And none of this is true. Okay. So here's the mindset shift. Our kids only reject caregivers who are safe to reject. Here's what I mean by that. If your child is saying, I don't want you go away. I only want daddy. I only want mommy. If you were the kind of parent who might actually say, okay, fine, have it your way. I'm leaving. That would be incredibly scary to your child. The fact that your child is pushing you away and saying, I don't want you. I only want my other parent. That is a testament to the sturdiness that you have created in the attachment relationship already. Children reject caregivers they feel safe with. They have to feel safe enough to reject you, to trust that even if they say, I don't want you go away. I only want my other parent that they know that you are still going to be there for them and that it's safe to say those things and to play around with how to be in these relationships because they know you're always going to be there. You're always going to love them. And you have created already this sturdy foundation of confident leadership. So the mindset shift is to trust that when your child is rejecting you, it's because they feel safe with you. And that's a wonderful thing. So it actually says wonderful things about your relationship with your child when they are rejecting you. It doesn't say bad things. It doesn't speak to a sense of lack in the relationship, even though I know that's what it can feel like and that's what it can bring up. So when we understand that, we can approach the situation in a way that is helpful. So let me read the question from our listener and then we'll jump into why parental preference happens and how to respond in a way that's effective and builds more sturdiness into that attachment relationship. So our listener writes, my two-year-old son only wants me and it's getting exhausting. I feel like I can't get a break at all, even just to cook dinner. Last week I was sick and even though I felt awful and I needed to rest, my son screamed and cried until he could be with me. His dad tried to make him feel better, but didn't work. And we ended up just letting him play in bed next to me because we didn't know what else to do. We didn't want to traumatize him by making him scream and cry, especially since I was right there. But we don't know how to fix this. Please help. Okay, deep breaths. This is hard. And I hear this from parents all the time. You are so not alone. And I really appreciate you writing in because I think this is going to be a really helpful episode for a lot of people. So let's talk about why kids reject one of their parents, why parental preference happens. Honestly, a lot of the time it is just experimentation. What happens if I do this? What happens if I say this? It can also be just a phase that your child is going through. It can be a result of the way your family is set up right now. So let's say you just had a new baby and one of you is less available. Your child might prefer the parent who's more available just because that's the parent who's more available. 
Your child might also prefer the parent that they can't spend as much time with. They might miss that parent and show a lot of preference for the parent that they're not able to be with, right? So this can happen a lot when we have a new baby and maybe mom is breastfeeding that baby and dad is spending more time with the child who's older. And that older child might then prefer mom because they're missing mom or might prefer dad because they're now used to being with dad, which leads me to the next reason that this can happen, which is that sometimes this happens because your child is used to spending more time with one parent versus the other, right? So let's say that one of you stays home and the other goes off out of the home to work. Well, your child might prefer you simply because you are the person who has been home with them. You spend more time with them. Your child might prefer you because you're the one who always does bedtime or you're the one who takes on most of the feeding. This is what your child is used to. And it says nothing negative about the parent who has to be out of the home to do work, right? Sometimes your child might prefer the parent that they don't see as often. So this happened to me when I was staying home in my early mothering years. And I remember my husband would come home from work and my oldest would be like, see ya mommy. And he would run off and it was daddy, daddy, daddy. I could ask my kids to do the most fun thing ever, but if daddy was home, it was like, nah. And my husband could ask them to do the most boring thing in the world. And they'd be like, yes, let's do it because they missed him. Of course, that didn't feel good, but I had the perspective to know why it was happening. And that helped so much. So just rest assured that your child is rejecting you because it is safe enough to do that. And this is a phase that most kids go through and it can be explained by Lots of things that are not your failings in the parent-child relationship, okay? This is not happening because you are not a good enough parent. And I will say explicitly that if your child is pushing you away right now, you know what? You are a wonderful parent. You are the exact right parent for your child. The fact that you're here and listening to this podcast means you are trying to find ways to show up for your child, even when it feels hard. And it does feel hard to show up for your child when they're saying, I don't want you, go away right? That can just bring up so much for us. So when we understand why this happens, it can really help us show up in a way that is helpful. Now, a lot of times what we can tend to do, and I see this all the time from parents, is exactly what our listener is doing here. You know, I was sick, but he was falling apart with dad. And so we just let him spend time with me, even though I needed rest, right? I hear this all the time. I was trying to do bedtime, but my child only wanted her dad. And so I gave up and said, fine, bedtime can be with daddy because we don't want to deal with the fallout. And I get that. I really get that. After a long day, it can be so hard to deal with that fallout. It can be so much easier just to have your child do bedtime with the parent that they're preferring. But here's the thing. The more we respond in that way, the more we entrench that pattern of, well, mommy is the one who does bedtime, right? Or mommy is the only one who's going to comfort you in these moments. So we have to shift the way we're responding and look at this as another way to just allow space for feelings, right? And when we let our child spend all their time with the preferred parent, it's another way of fixing feelings. Think of it kind of like giving the toy at Target after you say no and your child falls apart. Okay, fine. Here's the toy right? This is not what we want to do. We want to hold the boundary that this is the parent that you're with right now. And it's okay if your child doesn't like that. Your child is allowed to protest that, okay? 
So instead of looking at this as how can we placate my child, how can we get this child to stop being upset, look at it as welcoming the feelings. And as the non-preferred parent, when you show up confidently as a leader in those moments saying, you know what, it's okay for you to feel this way, you actually continue to deepen the quality of that attachment relationship. So move away from trying to fix these feelings by letting your child go with the preferred parent. Commit today that you're going to divide the parental responsibilities in a way that works for you and your partner. And that's that. Your child doesn't have to like it, but you are going to no longer be available to shift what works for you just so that your child doesn't melt down. Now, our listener mentioned we didn't want to traumatize him by making him scream and cry. I hear this so much from parents. They think that being with the non-preferred parent is somehow harming the child. This is so not true, and it's damaging when we believe this. It's damaging to the relationship that our child has with their other parent because we are not trusting in that parent in that moment. It's damaging also to the child because the child needs to be able to express these feelings. The goal is not to fix them. The goal is not to shut these feelings down. There is nothing traumatic about crying and melting down in the arms of or nearby to a safe and loving caregiver, even if that person is not the preferred parent. Okay, I will say that again because I know a lot of you need to hear this. There is nothing traumatic or harmful about your child crying, melting down with, tantruming with, being upset about being with their non-preferred parent. And everyone has to start to trust that, including the parent who's preferred and the parent who's non-preferred and the child. The child will start to trust this the more you act accordingly. Okay? So, We've got to let go of this idea that we are harming our kids when we have them go with a parent that they're showing that they don't want to be with in that moment, okay? So I would, obviously you can't go back and redo this moment when you were sick, but if you could do it over, I would say that your partner should have taken your child and you should have gone to rest. And if your child was screaming and crying, your partner's role would be to hold space for those feelings. If your child is leaving and continuing to try to open the door and get to where you are, your partner can be the physical boundary. I know you want mommy. I really get that. You miss her and you want to be with her so bad. She's sick and she's resting and you can't be with her. And that's so hard. I'm going to stop your body because I can't let you open the door and wake up mommy when she's resting. I'm going to help you. We're going to go back to your room now right? So you might be picking up and carrying a child who's angry and melting down and that is okay. That is exactly the right thing to do in that moment. If you haven't already listened to my episode called Shepherding Through, that is a great episode to go back and listen to because it talks about how to hold space for feelings while also getting our child through, say, the bedtime routine or getting them into the car when we have somewhere to be and they are melting down. These tools from that episode are going to be so helpful when you are the non-preferred parent holding space for your child's meltdown about not being with the preferred parent, okay? But yeah, I would say if your child wants mom, but mom is sick, your child has to tolerate being with dad. They don't have to like it, 
They don't have to like it. And you too, the non-preferred parent and the child can get through this together. If you are the non-preferred parent, I want you to hear this. You've got this. You are 100% capable of holding space for these feelings. You really are. I know it's not easy. I know it can bring up so much when your child is melting down. First of all, that's hard enough, right? To be with these big feelings that most of us were taught to run away from when they were our feelings. So to sit with someone else's big feelings is just super challenging. But then also to be sitting with big feelings about you, about not wanting to be with you, that is hard. But you can do hard things. You are capable of holding space for these feelings. You really are. And you've got to start to see this as just another way your child is releasing feelings. And here's another thing that I think is important to mention. When your child is melting down, whether it's over being with the non-preferred parent or over not getting what they wanted for dinner, not getting a toy when you went out shopping, whatever. When your child is melting down, the thing that seems to set them off is just the straw that broke the camel's back, okay? It is not the thing that caused the meltdown. Meltdowns are a result of stress that builds up little by little over the course of a child's day. And this doesn't mean stress from some big thing that we think of as adults as stressful. It just builds up because our kids are constantly containing impulses and learning new things and being disappointed and holding it together until they can't, right? Janet Lansbury uses the analogy of a tea kettle that just needs to let off some steam. Your child in these moments is like that tea kettle. I love that analogy because it's such a beautiful way of thinking about our kids that they just, they reach a point where they need to let off some steam and that's the meltdown. And that moment where the steam starts to come out is what we tend to associate as causing the meltdown, but that's not true. It's a build up. And so your child falling apart with you, the non-preferred parent, is simply your child reaching their max and they need to let out some steam. That's it. So when you see it that way, you can recognize this is not about me, right? And so I think this is a place where mantras can be really helpful. And here are just a few off the top of my head, right? You can say things like, this is not about me. You can say, my child is melting down with me because my child feels safe enough to share this with me. I can do hard things. My only job is to welcome the feelings. So you can take one of those and use that as your mantra. You can come up with your own, but mantras can be really helpful here. I have a good kid who's having a tough time sorting out his feelings about which parent to be with. I have a good kid who's struggling right now. I am a good parent with a good kid who's having a tough time, right? These are all mantras that you can say on repeat in your head. And when all else fails, you can just breathe and hold space for your child's feelings, validate what they're feeling. So that might sound like this. You really want to be with mommy. I really get that. And it's so hard because you're with me instead. And you really are disappointed about that. I understand that. You really wanted daddy to do bedtime tonight. I hear you. Gosh, it is so hard when you have to do something that you don't want to do. I understand, right? And so you are just holding space for the feelings. You are letting your child feel everything they need to feel in your safe presence, which is exactly what your child needs in that moment. They don't need their preferred parent. They need a safe and loving caregiver to let them fully express their feelings. So when you can see things that way, 
you can show up as that sturdy, confident leader that your child really needs in those moments. So I hope that is a helpful shift for you because again, I think what a lot of parents do is exactly what our listener described. Well, I can't get anything done because he only wants me. So like I said, decide together with your partner how you want to divvy up the parenting responsibilities. And then your child doesn't have to like it, but you're going to stick to that. That's going to be the boundary, right? You're going to say, nope, this is what we're going to do right now. I really get it if you don't like that. I understand, right? And so you're just going to hold space. Now, one quick thing about holding space for feelings. We don't want to validate and then simultaneously invalidate how our kids are feeling by saying something like this. I know you really want daddy to do bedtime, but I'm the one you've got and you've got to deal with that, right? Or, but I'm here and it is what it is, right? We don't want to say, but drop the butt and everything after. The fact that your child is going to do bedtime with you is implied. You don't need to tell them, well, but this is the way that it is. Just say, I know you really want a daddy to do bedtime tonight. I hear you and leave it at that. Okay. Also, I think it's really, really important to make sure that you're not trying to get the feelings to stop because that's not what your child needs. The goal is not to get the meltdown to stop. The goal is to let those feelings come out for as long as they need to in your safe presence. So I think when we start to say things like, well, I know you want daddy to do bedtime, but I'm the one who's here. We're kind of trying to get our kids to stop feeling in those moments. Your child doesn't have to stop being disappointed. Your child doesn't have to stop crying. Your child doesn't have to stop being mad, right? You're not going to let your child hit. You're not going to let your child break out of the room and go to the other parent but you are going to let them feel for as long as they need to feel. And I think that's a really important thing to keep in mind here. Another tool that you can use is to use humor, right? So let's say that you're doing bedtime and your child's like, but I want daddy. And you're saying, I hear you. You really want daddy. I really get that. And then you might take your child's pajamas and go, so I know daddy usually does bedtime. And I think he usually puts your pajama pants on your head just like this, right? And your child's going to say, no, silly. Right now, of course, if your child's in the middle of a meltdown, they might not be able to access humor in that moment, but you can give it a try, especially if humor is something that comes naturally to you. It can be such a wonderful way to build connection with your child. Another thing to consider if you're currently the non-preferred parent is to build in some time with your child doing some fun things that they enjoy, right? That's not going to necessarily mean that they won't have big feelings when they wanted the other parent to do bedtime or put them in the car or whatever, but it will start to just build for you and for your child. But I think it's important for you too, to have some positive moments with your child. It can be really hard when you're the one doing a lot of the heavy lifting around holding space for feelings. And if your child is melting down more with you because you're the non-preferred parent right now, You deserve to have some fun, positive time with your child. So choose something you both enjoy, right? Maybe you're playing ball together in the backyard or going swimming or building with blocks or just observing your child's play and noticing them. Whatever it is, spend some quality one-on-one time when your child is not actively preferring the other parent, and that will help. Now, if you are the non-preferred parent, again, Divvy up these responsibilities with your partner in the way that you both see fit, and then go take your break. Go out and go shopping. Go to work. Do whatever it is that you need to do, even if you're in the same house, and let your child have feelings about it. 
Your job is not to fix your child's feelings. So I know I keep saying that, but it is so, so important. And I think that is one of the hardest parts for parents in this situation. The parent who's preferred feels so guilty letting the child be upset with the other parent. And the parent who's not preferred can feel so rejected and sometimes want to say things like, well, fine, you don't want me, go be with mommy, right? If you've ever said that, deep breaths, it's okay. We don't have to do any of this perfectly. But just know that your child is rejecting you because they feel safe enough to do that. And when you can hold space and validate and be with those feelings, that is the only way out of this. The only way out is through, right? So I hope this is helpful. To our listener who wrote in, thank you so much for this question. I think it is such a valuable topic for parents to hear because again, this is something all of us will experience at some point. And as always, if you have questions about this or anything else, you can always write with questions to raisedresilient.com forward slash questions. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next week. I so appreciate you listening and being here. It really means the world to me. And if you are enjoying this podcast, leave a review and share with someone who could use this message. I really and truly believe that this is how we change the world. We spread the word about raising resilient kids, about being cycle breakers. So share this podcast, leave a review, and let's spread the word about raising resilient kids. Until next time, we've got this.